My hybrid love, the only one I've been dreaming of Fits so nice, don't wanna try no other Good in the morning and good in the night Sleep tight and wake up feeling alright My hybrid love, my hybrid love whoa, whoa, whoa. My hybrid love, my hybrid love It's a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli. You're you. And today's guest is Seth from VBDC, Venice Beach Dub Club. The track that you just heard was Hybrid Love by my main man, Seth, Venice Beach Dub Club. I love this guy, man. I think that, uh, you know, he's just uh, a really awesome dude with with a big heart and a lot of love, and he makes some awesome music, and just a a curious and inquisitive mind. 
I met Seth because he had been a listener of my old podcast, Part of the Problem with uh, Dave Smith. And he, as you'll hear in this episode, had some issues in the beginning of the pandemic. He was about to go on tour. He was about to release a new album and do all these really fun things. And then the pandemic happened, kind of put a stop to that. And he uh, launched Talkie Time on Instagram, which has been blowing up. And I've been on it like four, five, six. I've been on it a bunch of times. And I just love talking with this guy. I love talking with him and I love I love the people that he brings on his show. It's such a diverse and eclectic group of people. And Seth and I definitely have our disagreements just like everybody else on the planet doesn't agree on every single thing. We're different people, but that's that's what I love about our relationship is that we are friends and we're able to have good conversations even if we disagree on some things. And I just absolutely love that. It's one of my favorite things is to find the others. And sometimes those others aren't going to be exact duplicates of you. And man, that's just so fun because you're able to get into interesting conversations. You're, you're able to get into seeing things from a different point of view, different people's stories and how the totality of their existence and everything that has happened to them and that they've participated in have influenced their thinking and their way of being. So I, I'm just a huge fan of Seth, his music. Um, all the links are in the show description. Check it out. I love that track, Hybrid Love, because I love hybrids. I really do. I love hybrids. And um, I'm talking about uh, cannabis, not uh, alien-human hybrids. But uh, but those would be pretty cool, too. I'm sure if I met some nice ones, uh, I'd, I'd definitely, you know, show them some love. Hey, man, if 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 you show up with uh, with love and compassion, and as Ram Dass says, treat everybody like God and drag, you know, I mean, I think you're going to have a, uh, a nice, a nice peaceful existence. Um, you know, even when you come in contact with things that you might find repulsive or disgusting, or you don't, dis- you don't agree with, but, uh, but you can sit with it and that you can understand and you could see another perspective. And, uh, anyway, he's a, he's a reggae recording artist. The name of uh, his group is Venice Beach Dub Club, VBDC. You can find him on Instagram, hosting his show, Talkie Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time on Instagram Live every uh, day, I think. Uh, shit, is he doing episodes every day? This guy is killing it. I, in the episode, I asked him, I was like, how many people have you talked to? I think he's probably interviewed more people than I have at this point, to be honest. And he just launched us in 2020. So it just tells you something about his like really insatiable urge to have communication with other people is inquisitive and curious mind to get other people's takes to get other people uh to have have conversations and bring like i said an eclectic and diverse group of people to the conversation so check them out all the links are in the show notes and uh yeah and i'm oh man i am so psyched to have this newest sponsor a part of mycadelic i'm just uh really really thrilled because when I um when I had Jasper on about fun fungi education and empowerment, you know, we were just like, hey man, this makes total sense. Like you guys do mushrooms and you teach people how to how to grow mushrooms and, and everything. And and uh, you know, mushrooms are are my favorite uh entheogens, my favorite psychedelic to to use. I absolutely love them. I work with them the most. I play with them the most. I work and play with them the most. Uh, But I think they've really put something here 
really truly um, just mind blowing. It's it's really incredible. It's 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 really 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 awesome. Um, it's uh, I just go you know go to their website. You know the links are in the show description. You'll just see. You know I always get a good sense when I see a website that's really aesthetically pleasing. You know good color schemes, great font, good design. It's just warm. It's inviting. It's easy to navigate. And their courses are just amazing. Whether it's you know sacred mycology or uh, sacred mushroom mushroom cultivation, psychedelic journey work. The the stuff that they have is just incredible. I've 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 been through most of it and it's just great. I mean, they break it down. They have over 75 videos uh, going into all this stuff and the meaning and purpose of of them doing this is to empower people and to educate people. And they talk about sacred mycology. You know, what is that? Sacred mycology is about creating meaning and purpose in our lives with the help of mushrooms, about interacting and listening to the, the wisdom of nature so that we can then have a sense of biomimicry in our lives, start designing and living more in a harmonious way with uh, the information that we get from from nature. So, um, you know, please check them out. I'm just such a huge fan. I'm so like, if you don't know anything about mushrooms, if you don't know anything about how to grow mushrooms, even if you do, like I do, I, I know, I know quite a, a, a bit about mushrooms, but they have literally everything that you could possibly want to know you know, from spore to uh, substrate to fruiting to uh, the materials that you need, like literally every single part of the process. And they walk you through it step by step, clone to agar, spore to agar, like just all this stuff, how to use a pressure cooker. They break it down with with videos, topic by topic, and they're they're fun videos. They're not dry. They're not you know you don't have to go searching on shroomery.org and listen to conflicting views on the forums and have people arguing back and forth about which way is the best way and oh this way is the best way and that way is the best way. This is literally they take your hand, they teach you. This is like one of the greatest teachers that you could have. And the greatest thing about it is that it's online, it's virtual, but it doesn't feel like you're disconnected. It feels like you're connected. It feels like you're a part of their family. Um, they're friendly, they're warm, they're funny. I, I just couldn't be happier. The reason why I'm so excited about this is because it's just such a joy to see other people uh, doing the things that uh, that I would like to see out there in the world. It's like, wow, someone's, okay, someone's doing it. That's awesome. And so, you know, the, the, you're going to learn things, real tangible skills, um, like how to grow your own medicine, build community, reconnect with nature. Um, you know, through the cultivation course, you're going to learn how to grow, harvest, and store your own homegrown mushrooms at your own pace and uh, discover where to get high quality spores and cultures from. Learn about the essentials with mushroom cultivation, the equipment that you'll need, sourcing and, and how to grow, understand and easily create how to grow mushrooms in the environment of, of where you live in your home and get the, get the skills that you need. So um, yeah, I mean, they, they just have a, they have an amazing community. They have a discord server. Uh, they have hundreds of other people who are in their community. They have over 70 lesson videos and they have a 120 page workbook. And they also have, which I'm a huge fan of, is they have quizzes so that, you know, you, that you can kind of 
see where you're at along your journey and see how much you're picking up and how much you're 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 you're, you're accumulating this knowledge from you know the the best practices and traditional cultures and you know just the cutting edge of of what is happening here in in mycology and you could be uh, a top tier mycophile as well you know join the join the mycophiles and uh, i like that word mycophile um so I'm just uh, super pumped. So go to go to the link in the description and check it out. And if you enter the code Mikeadelic, you're going to get a big fat 25% off. So it's fungiacademy.com. Enter the code Mikeadelic, you're going to get 25% off. I uh, I love to promote these guys because I just love. I absolutely am totally in love with what they're doing. I think that they have the the best program out there for sacred mushroom cultivation and their psychedelic journey work course as well. So even if you know a little bit, even if you've been doing it, you know, in mason jars or bags or whatever you've been doing, check these guys out because they have everything. This is the one-stop shop repository for all things mushrooms. Fungi Academy is like the Harvard, the Yale, the Columbia of the... um, you know, my mycophile world, the mycologist world. It's it's a it's it's a great place to go to learn about this stuff, and it's so hands on, it's so fun. So I'm just thrilled to have them on board. Check out Sheath Underwear. Sheath Underwear is just the best. I absolutely love them. Now that it's like really really hot in Denver, it's uh you know I'm sweating my I'm sweating my nuts off, and uh, you know, but when I put on a pair of Sheath Underwear, I'm not. So it's great. So go to SheathUnderwear.com. Put in the promo code Mikeadelic. You get twenty percent off Sheath Underwear. They have moisture-wicking fabric, materials made out of bamboo. Super, super, super comfortable. I could not stress that enough. It's just the best underwear to go hiking. I even used it uh, to go swimming with. Uh, when I was in Costa Rica, I was like wearing a pair of shorts and sheath underwear. When in the ocean, they dry really fast. So comfortable. And they make them for women. They make stuff for women. They make shirts. I love their shirts. They just make really great stuff. I mean, this is why... Like in the beginning of this podcast, I was always like, ah, I'm not going to have sponsors. I'm not going to have sponsors, but I'm going to have sponsors if people are making super dope shit. And that's what, you know, so if, I, if I'm going to talk about the, them anyway, I might as well get a little something out of it. You might as well save a little bit off of it by using the promo codes. They're great. I love those guys. They really care about what they're doing and they make an excellent top quality product. Now you might say, oh, you know, $28 or $40 for a pair of underwear. Like, is that really worth it? Yes. Quality over quantity, quality over quantity any day, right? Because you can get a pair of like five boxers from fucking Kohl's or Target or something like that. But those those are not going to be nearly as comfortable. The materials are going to rip. I have so many boxers and uh, that are just like, they have holes in the crotch. They're ripped. They're gross. They're, they're terrible. Sheath underwear is quality, quality, quality. Comfort, quality. Really amazing. And the pouch technology. It's amazing. You, they have uh, they have a pouch. So like when I'm doing strenuous activity, I use the pouch compartments. When when to separate my man parts, I use the pouch compartments. But when I'm not doing like physical activity, I just want to wear them. They're comfortable. You don't have to use the pouch. It's not like you're forced to use the pouch. The Bobby, the owner of Sheath, isn't going to come to your house with an AR-15 and, and a scope and sit across the street and wait until you're you know using the pouch. And if you're not wearing the pouch, then he's going to pop one in. That's not how it works. They're not going to do that. 
They're not going to do that. They love and support what we're doing here on Mikeadelic. They're big believers in what we're doing on Mikeadelic. They're they're a great supporter of us. And so show some love if you want to support this show. You know, check out Fungi Academy. Check out Sheath Underwear. Grow mushrooms, put them in the pouch, and go have fun. <laughs> also check out Ohana Kava Bar. These guys are great too. I love Ohana Kava Bar. It's amazing. They sent me their their Kava stuff, and I'm just like, this is great. Like, it's so easy when things are just great, when they work, when it's just nice, when you like it. You don't have to convince yourself. You don't have to try it multiple times. You just know. You know, with all this stuff, try it out. Sign up for it. Get this stuff. If you don't love it, send it back. Tell them you don't like it. But I, I, I have a feeling that you're going to love it. I love it. So I'm, I'm thinking, I think I have a pretty good taste. I have pretty good taste. I, I enjoy, you know, I don't have, I'm not one of these people that has like tons of things. I pretty much wear the same pair of jeans like almost every day because I found a quality pair that I really love and I just do that. Same thing with the shoes. I actually, I wear uh, Allbirds uh, and I get, I get a new pair every year. They last me for the year and I'm good. So I, I really favor top quality. Like I would rather pay more for something that's really great. That's going to last a long time. Um, you know, anyway, I could ramble on about other products that are great as well, but, um, you know, they're not paying me. So, you know, pay me, Hey, brawn, pay me. And I'll talk about your, uh, brawn activator, uh, beard trimmer. <laughs> Cause that thing is great. It lasted me for like eight years before, you know, the, uh, people at the Peru airport stole it out of my luggage. But um, <clears throat> but anyway, the, 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 I'm, I'm just a huge, huge, huge fan of quality products. Spend a little bit more, get the quality, let it last. Fungi Academy, quality, amazing. Go check them out, so good. Mikeadelic, 25% off. Sheath underwear, top tier quality, amazing, super comfortable, the, the best for the summer. Mikeadelic, 20% off. Ohana Kava Bar, the best. The promo code for that, Time Wheel. Get yourself some kava. You're going to love it. It's, uh, it's amazing. Put in the promo code TIMEWHEEL and save on Ohana Kava Bar as well. Also, check out Mushroom Revival. And the promo code is Mikeadelic. You save 15% off of that. All the links are in the show notes, show description. Also, big shout out to Zach Geist, the Zeitgeist Podcast student loan tuner. And of course, my man, Danny Barnett. Big shout out to you for providing the music. And of course, this intro track was by my main man, today's guest, Seth of VBDC. Also, got to give a shout out to my brothers, Bill and Max. We got our uh, retreat coming up at the end of the summer, Permission. Please check that out. This is a men's retreat to awaken your wild soul. We're going to be on 40 acres of land in Western Colorado, getting wild, getting primal, getting real, and really just liberating ourselves from a lot of the the, the crap that we've had to endure, especially this past year. Um, I could say much more about that, but we got a podcast, a full podcast coming up about that. But all the links are in the show description. Also, want to give out a, sh- a shout out to uh, to my man Justin for having me on his podcast, the Psychedelic Divinity Podcast. Hopefully, that episode will be out soon. You'll be able to check that out. But Justin's doing big things out there in Wisconsin, and uh, I see you out there, brother. Thanks for uh, thanks for all you do. Thanks to everybody. Shout out to Mackenzie, newest patron. Thank you so much for joining. If you guys want to check that out, all the links are in the show description, show notes. Just click on the link. I have to resolve an issue with Patreon. I think I'm shadow banned on there or something because you can't search for Mikeadelic or Mike Brancatelli or Mike Brank. Nothing comes up. But if you go straight to the link, 
If you go straight to the link in the show description, it's patreon.com slash Mike Brank. Just click on that link. It'll take you straight there. Join our community. Become a part of the Inner Sanctum, to part of the Discord server. We have bonus episodes. We got merch. I got stickers. I got all kinds of fun stuff happening. A lot of fun, fun stuff happening over there. So be a part of the community. Be a part. And with this retreat that we have coming up, experience Mikeadelic live, baby. That's what we're talking about. We're bringing the realness to Western Colorado with permission. And um, I'm just so excited because there's just nothing like it being with people in person and just really um, allowing ourselves, giving ourselves permission to let the fullness of ourselves come out, grow, share and learn and and heal together and have a, a hell of a good time while we're doing it. All right, that's enough from me. This was a long intro. Hopefully you guys will check out these things because you know what? I know maybe some of this stuff could be like boring and you skip over it or whatever, but it's just a way to help support the show. Maybe, maybe you skipped over all this stuff and you arrived at this point. So you don't need to hear me rambling about all this stuff. Just go click on the show, check out the show description, the show notes, and see all the links that I have there. Anything that you do is a way to support the show, whether it's leaving five stars on on Apple Podcasts, whether it's just telling people about it, liking, sharing, subscribing, whether it's joining the Patreon community, whether it's coming to the retreat, whether it's supporting the guest, Seth, checking out his album, checking out his show, Talkie Time, subscribing to his Instagram page, whatever you do from this show, uh, mush love, mush love to you all, because... That's what it is. It's reciprocity all the way, all the way down. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just psyched to be partnering and, and offering so many cool things right now. And I thank you guys for enduring, you know, uh, the, the, the sort of businessy end of the podcast. Really appreciate all of you very much. And man, I would, I would love nothing more than to meet up with all of you in person and, and, uh, and, and do, do things like this live. So without further ado, let's get into the man, the myth, the legend, the host of Talkie Time, VBDC, Venice Beach Dub Club, my man Seth. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Is Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. doing this it's about time oh, dude i'm super stoked man i'm super stoked let's get it yeah thanks for being here so hey, are there any rules is there anything i can't say you could say anything you want yeah there's no okay. rules 
White power. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to get it out of my system. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, kidding. thanks, thanks for being here. Uh, you're a white, white supremacist, uh, QAnon, uh, conspiracy, anti-vax, uh, anti-humanity, uh, Reagan. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm here to promote hate. <laughs> you're you're a white supremacist reggae artist. <laughs> That's right. Promoting hate and Rastafari. <laughs> so that of course we're getting and uh, how has anyone ever uh, accused you of being anything in that domain? Have you? Yeah, have you all of, all of the above. I mean, starting this year specifically. Um, well, I guess 2015 I had a problem with Bruce Jenner and that whole. Uh, that whole scene. So yeah, I mean, I, I get all that stuff tossed my way, but I recognize, uh, you know, people get emotional when they're confused, you know, so I think there's a lot of confused people out there. And uh, if you say something that's just very direct and uh, hard to misinterpret, that's when you're most likely to get misinterpreted because people aren't used to hearing hard truth anymore, you know, and it triggers a sort of defensive reaction in them. So yeah, I've been dealing with a lot of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it comes to the territory, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like, I guess maybe by the look of things, people wouldn't necessarily know how to group you or categorize you. You know, I kind of fall into the same domain sometimes where it's like you're 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 outside the box because you don't fit into the pre-constructed cookie cutter paradigm that everybody else is falling into, like a bunch of lemmings. So uh, they're just like, well, you're evil. You know, but right. Uh, I mean, I grant I grant myself permission to try on a whole bunch of different suits, too. You know, it's not like I was born a reggae artist. I used to love rock and roll and hip hop. And it's like if people get on you every time you want to change your mind or try something different. It's like that. that's fine. You know, I'm going to keep trying things until I find what makes me happy and makes my life good and allows me to uh, be productive and um, and kind of, uh, you know, add something to the conversation. So I'm not afraid to change my mind. I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong, you know, and I'm very opening to listen to anyone else's point of view, which is a rarity. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because uh, you're wearing the shirt that's in your latest Instagram post and yeah. I have your Instagram post, uh, your Instagram page pulled up over here. And so it looks like you've like come to life from the picture that <laughs> I have. That's like right behind it. Um, but yeah, uh, Venice Beach dub, club that's what you go by on instagram that is the name of your band your group yeah. you're a reggae recording artist you host talkie time you've had me on there several times it's been always just so awesome to hop on there and do the instagram lives with you and communicate with your audience and uh chop it up with you and uh yeah man i i'd love to kind of get into your story a little bit as you mentioned a little bit just now like how you grew up listening to rock and roll and things like that what uh yeah tell me about uh you know what your upbringing and stuff like where are you from and and how you grew up and, and what your influences were well yeah uh, sure i'm a i'm a i'm a new yorker originally like yourself you know coming from uh, uptown washington heights inwood area um and um yeah i mean i i grew up regular city kid you know um and i was very into rock i was very into hip-hop i always felt just kind of um disagreeable like i think they actually have a name for this now they've made it into a uh, dsm diagnosis i think it's called oppositional disagreement disorder just generally kids who tend to be disagreeable or not like what they're hearing from authority that's actually a jesus now. christ and oh they my treat god it, they treat you won't believe this but the treatment is estrogen unbelievably so yeah by the way stuff. i just want a quick <laughs> shout shout out to hybrid love 
That's what I'm smoking right now. And that's oh, nice. the name of one of your, your songs, Hybrid Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to communicate that right off the bat that I am, you know, I'm supposed to, I was supposed to be on tour this year. And literally I, I put out an album I worked on for almost three years and uh, went out of pocket on and brought in like 34 of the best musicians around and seven famous guest artists and everything. And like was about to reap the fruits of my labor. And uh, I, like literally March 19th was the first show, uh, the album release party and then tour. And uh, and I'm 45, too, so I'm not getting a, a second chance at that. You know what I mean? It took a lot a lot for me to rev up to that point in my in my 30s and 40s. So that ship has totally sailed, which is why I started doing my show Talkie Time on IG Live, just because I mean, what a kick in the pants. You want to tell people what happened to you. You want to tell your story. And obviously, some people are very receptive to it and very compassionate. And other people are very angered by it, you know, so which I kind of knew would be the thing. But man, I mean. I'm not the only one this year has been, I feel like 50% of Americans are non-essential and that's just not, that's not really sustainable. You know what I mean? A lot of people are angry. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. But yeah. That, uh, I, I just watched the video again. Uh, and it's such a good video, man. It's on YouTube and you shot it down in, in your home area of Venice beach or your new right. home area, uh, Venice beach dub club domain. It's beautiful, man. It's a beautiful oh, video, beautiful vibe. You got a great singing voice that, that reggae flow it's, it's, it's oh, easy. Thanks, yeah, dude. It's, it's great, man. And, uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, uh I got a little, I uh, got some dab, uh, logic, uh, pens here filled with mimosa, which is a hybrid and figure out. Oh, that's awesome. I, I do love the... hybrids, man. That's my, that's my only drug of choice is, is weed. Yeah. In, in, and, um, man, it's, they, I've seen they just legalized it recreational in New York today. That yeah yeah that's awesome right so, hey, how, so scary, how scary is it though that george soros is the number one guy funding the whole legalization effort in america like i always understood weed to be something that would set you free from indoctrination and propaganda and kind of make you be introspective and look at things how they really are and face hard truths but <laughs> i really i really can't connect the pieces why george soros wants everyone doing this man it kind of worries me Dude, this is great. I'm so glad you brought this up because uh, I was literally thinking the other day that like psychedelics can't like it's all this. Everything's a psyop, man. Like everything is a fucking psyop. Like and I was like I was thinking like in this like kind of paranoid Philip K. Dick kind of sci-fi way of like what if like the the goal is to try and like fuse like advertisements and toxic ideology messaging you know in like like into like psychedelic trips and journeys and getting high you know you're wow. like dude this this Karl Marx strain is amazing you know all, all right. of a sudden like the, you know <laughs> the, clock, the clockwork elves are getting oh, gained by open societies <laughs> oh my god dude but it is it makes you wonder right there's so many things that make you yeah. scratch your head Head, yeah. And I love your show uh, on Instagram Live, Talkie Time. I love it. I'm a huge fan and uh, great fan. Seth is the best. <laughs> Nobody interviews quite like him. He's terrific. A lot of people love him. I know for a fact. Uh, so uh, it, it, it's it's awesome because I love it because of your curiosity. You know, and you're just like, look, man, I, I just want to ask questions like I want to know what the fuck is going on. And I love when people get turned on to that. And, uh, you know, being a, a talented and creative person that you are getting excited to go on this tour and then have all this bullshit happen. Uh, yeah, must have set you off. But I guess you probably got some relief from interviewing people and talking to people. Right. Well, I mean, it wasn't something I was planning on doing at all. It's like you, you you've you put a lot of effort and time and money into your career. And then you get to a certain point and you're just like, 
boom, today I no longer have that career and I've started a new one. It's like not a regular experience. You know what I mean? So right. I definitely don't know what I'm doing. We had a little trouble connecting today because I don't even have a computer. I'm just, all I got is an iPad. So I was like, oh, I can't even use. It happens uh, all the time. <laughs> Every podcast I do starts that way. Everything. Yeah. Well, it's like I've done 600 hours of um, broadcasting already and I still don't have a computer. So none of this is well planned out. And thank you for kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, slowing down and letting me catch up and figure oh, this yeah. out. All I'm good, happy to good. be in the podcasting scene. I've been a huge fan of yours for what, like 10 years and uh, throwback to all the original Mike Frank fans. I got to call you the uh, pineal gland of liberty. Yeah, and uh, nice. when I interviewed the, you the first time, I called you that and you're like, what's that? And I was like, you don't remember that? <laughs> I was like, I, that was way back from part of the problem and the pineal gland of liberty. So uh, and I always loved um, the, the I love like a man of science, man of faith conversation. Those are the best. And that's the whole point of having a co-host. You want to find someone who you you like their company, you like their style and their personality, but they really have they take the opposite tack on everything. Like if you're if you're tempted to look at everything scientifically, they're always going to be coming from a more philosophical or spiritual angle. And the, that's where all the, that's where all the the action happens for me. So that's what really drew me to you originally. And uh, yeah, the pineal gland of Liberty, man, what a cool nickname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is cool, dude. Thanks so much. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I, I love when people give me those, those callbacks, those reminders, like every so often, you know, like two, two weeks ago, I think someone uh, wrote a review and said, said Frank Brank in the, in the review, <laughs> who was kind of yeah. like my, my like alter ego Rush Limbaugh kind of character. Name. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> like Frank, Frank Brank on part of the problem. Uh, and, and so it's always nice to hear those callbacks and, uh, and get, and get some recognition and love for that. Um, Cause those were fun times. And but it's uh, very much like entering another dimension. Exactly. It's like when I, when I start speaking to someone who I listened to for 10 years and I have no, there is no six degrees of separation. It's like 600 degrees of separation. Then you end up, talking to that person and becoming friendly with that person. It really is like accessing the control panel of reality. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to be in a place I shouldn't be and can't be. I want to talk to people that have no reason to talk to me. You know what I mean? It's like, you really can do that kind of stuff in life. You know, it's there, there is like some way to access. There's a way to reach people. You know what I mean? Like I, I honestly feel like any celebrity, any famous person, if I really put my mind to it, I could get their ear. I don't know what good it is, but it's just something I've noticed in life that, you can kind of take these off the beaten path shortcuts and get to places that are like almost like going through like a warp pipe in Super Mario. You know what I mean? You skip levels, you get where you're trying to go right away. It, it really is. It does seem like you can access that in real life, too. And that's, you know, I just wanted to speak to you, you know, and uh, it ended up happening, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, to totally, man. Yeah, it, it, it is just like that. That's such a great analogy. I love that. Uh, the warp pipes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think the the further and further you go in that direction, you know, listening to that and kind of rolling with the punches and like adapting to changing circumstances and just kind of having faith, you know, that like where you're going, you, you're leading the charge. So you're having confidence in your abilities and you're just going, you know, yeah. and yeah, and it's uh, it's it's super it's super important for anybody that's trying to trying to, you know, make a change in the world. And I look at you as being a part of that as well. And so who did you want to be when you were a kid? Like when you were, when you uh -oh. were growing up, so when you easy. were doing stuff. Why? What was it's it about the top that? of the influence hierarchy? The most influential person you can be is the person singing on a stage, musical talent. That's what politics it's above politicians, right? 
because like a politician will get butthurt if Bruce Springsteen's like, hey, you can't come out to my song. I don't like you. It's never going to be the other way around. The Bruce Springsteen is never going to well, say, uh, oh, you don't want to come to my concert. Like, I don't yeah. care. I got 50,000 other people in there paying good money. You know what I mean? So and the, anybody else you can look at, like a chef would be most excited to cook dinner for a rock star. So there's a hierarchy of influence, not fame and celebrity. I don't care about that. I want to be able to talk to anybody I want to be able to talk to. That's what I've always wanted in my life. You know, I, you know, even if I'm a little kid watching G.I. Joe, I'm like, I want to talk to Cobra Commander. You know, I want to find out what makes it tick. So you got to be a a rock star. Then you have access to anything and anybody, you know. What is that? What is that energy, though? Because more than just having access to people, it's like, you don't you know, there's all kinds of reasons that you can want to have access to people. But what is the sort of energy, the vibe that you want to transmit by having access to people? Mm, no, it's more about the people. Honestly, I'm, I'm so interested in other people. You know what I mean? Um, that's why I do this interview show. Five, I talk to five different people every week. You know what I mean? And um, that's mostly it. I just, man, I'm sure you have this experience and everybody listening right now has this experience when you're tuning into a podcast and you have something relevant to say and everyone's glossing over a major point or like an obvious connection. You're like, hey, everybody, listen, listen, you know, you're missing it. You're going to all your audience is going to miss it. No one's ever going to know that I know the important missing piece. You know what I mean? That's the whole energy, man. Just wishing I could get people's ear. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's it. And you can, it can be done, you know? So yeah, to me, when I hear you say that, I think about uh, a bunch of different things come to mind. It is this sort of, you know, knowing you as, as the recording artist that you are and listening to your music and your videos and that your vibe and, and who you talk to and the way you ask questions, it seems like to, if I were to extract kind of an overarching theme out of what you just said, it would be like, you are really passionate about, you know, like riffing it up with people and just collaborating and just sharing and being like, what do you think? What do you think? And building something upon that and creating bonds from that and sharing with that and kind of, uh, you know, enjoying uh, your, your experience as well with some people that have really interesting things to say about the way things work and why. And so really you're, you're metaphysical, man. Yeah peership you know you want you want the company of people who you can who you can bat it back and forth with you know if you're um uh you know federer or tennis you don't want to you don't want to play with some guy that's like you know seven years old with knee replacements you want to play with someone your level so you can have that great moment that great rally that great uh whatever you call it a overhead slam or whatever is it's not going to happen unless you have the back and forth the competition iron sharpening iron so a lot of us find ourselves in this place in life and we're all discovering this now that we're kind of shut out of the real world for a year and just forced into social media where you find out all your friends, all your family, everyone, you know, they're not your peers and they never will be, you know what I mean? And that's, that really makes us think about the way we, we organize, you know, we only have access to people in our physical, um, uh, you know, space up until now, now you can kind of choose your group on the internet, you know, so you can go and find your peers. And that really is where all the productive stuff happens, at least in conversations. Yeah, I think so, because there's something to be said about sharing the momentary reality of the time. You know, time is so every moment is infinitesimally incalculably different than the next and will be different than the last. And so there's something to be said about people that share that same period of time together here on the in this reality. And like, you know, the the I think I think that it's really interesting because I think the interesting conversations now 
are not from the rock stars and not from the celebrities, mm. the famous one, the big yeah. time famous mm -hmm. ones, you know, right. do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about the, the Hollywood rock star extravagant lifestyle? Oof. I think, I think the veil is crumbling and people are realizing that these people are fucked. Uh, mo multiple veils are crumbling the veil between the curtain between us and the celebrities, the kind of gossamer, uh, the gossamer haze that allowed them to, you know, look so perfect like that Barbara Walters beauty filter is like yeah. coming back. We're, we're all totally. out. celebrities poop, they trip, you know, they're, they, they try to pull their dog's tail when they're getting out of the shower naked and it bites them, you know, regular stuff. Yeah. Some <laughs> of them run, some of them run child right. sex cults, right. you know? Yeah, of course, you know, normal stuff, just like anyone would. But then also, of course, there's the actual veil that's coming down, the veil that shows us that, hey, by the way, before we get too you know, jazzed up about we're going to go colonize Mars. Like, maybe we should find out what Earth is. Maybe we should find out who we are, where we came from. Like, are we ready for a second planet? It doesn't seem like we're using this one correctly. And I don't mean we're ruining it or ruining the environment. We're just ruining our own experience by not using it right. We're all here with infinite resources, infinite beauty. Everything you can imagine in creation is here. And we're just, we're not using it right. We're botching it. And then we're like, let's find another planet. We can't figure this one out. It's like, you're not going to do any better on Mars where there's nothing beautiful and no resources. You know, it's going to be worse, obviously. So I think that veil's coming down too. We don't know where we are, what we are, what the heck is going on. And we're at the point, if we're going to have a great reset, let's do it our way and, and try to actually be honest. And instead of uh, ceding more uh, organizational powers to strangers and conglomerates, let's try to do it from the ground up and see if we can restructure things in a way that's more organic to uh, the, the beings that we are and we can enjoy our experience more and have uh, more productivity and less suffering. How many people have you spoken to on Talkie Time? Oh man, I have at least a hundred, I would say. And what, and do you get the sense that we can do it, that we can accomplish this vision? We absolutely. can go this way? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I don't, I don't really wanna be constrained by any kind of, um, prediction or scripture or anything like that you know i'm open to any source of information and I, I do believe absolutely you know there there is a way to access the controls of this thing we're living in you know and um absolutely it can be it can be organized way better than it is now and people that are happy now are afraid of change but i mean you can't be because whatever level of happiness you have now like let's say you're living in a city right you you've, you're living the the yuppie dream you're in your 20s you got access to the best nightclubs. You can get the good girls. You take them home. You've got a nice place that impresses them. Everything's just going your way and you're afraid to change it and let it go. But you'll never know uh, how much happier and how much more fulfilled you'd be if when you're living this experience, let's just say, for instance, you don't see any homeless people on your way home from the club. How much better would that be if you don't have that implicit guilt of, you know, your brothers and sisters are out there starving and diseased and dying in the street. And like you, you've got to handle your leisure activities and stuff. I mean, how much better would you feel, you know, just a little change like that. Like you don't have to visually see suffering people everywhere you go in the city. So yeah. people are afraid to make these big changes. They don't realize how high their level of suffering is because they're used to it. And everyone listening to this may, may not even realize they're, they're accustomed to so much suffering. There's so much unnecessary suffering in this world. You know what I mean? So yeah. we can't, we can't be afraid. I mean, a great reset. Okay. You know, but let's do it. Let's do it our way. We can too. you know, like they're just waiting for us to comply.
Right. Yeah. That's why I think we should put the, the homeless tents in the clubs. So then people, <laughs> agree. they feel the guilt immediately. Like you can't Absolutely. escape it. You know, I think that's um, a great idea, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, like I mean, it. It, it, it is terrible. It's it's and I think you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, that is the core of the issue. If there is any core issue, it is that that there is unnecessary human suffering. And, yeah. you know, you, you talked about we uh, don't need to go to another planet. We have to, you know, it's like, who's we, right? To, to th- I, would, I would say them, they uh, want to go to another planet because they don't give a fuck about us, you know? But then again, it, it's all, it is all we because, you know, but maybe, unless, I don't know. Do you think people are interdimensional? I was just going to say, yeah. Do you, okay. You're open to it, but have oh, yeah. you seen any, what's the most convincing evidence that you've seen that, that can come to your mind or anything that you can think oh, of? It's an archetype that's been around for thousands of years. It's not, based yeah. on, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Information that's been around for thousands of years. It, it isn't just, you know, popular because it's funny or entertaining i mean there's truth to all this stuff so sure. absolutely hey before uh, speaking of other planets before they discovered any of them they were writing science fiction about it you know oh, not right. before they discovered them but people were writing about flying through outer space before we even had a clue of what kind of physics or engineering would be necessary to accomplish that and then lo and behold you know some time passes and that's what they're actually doing purportedly so it's like yeah all, all these um kind of memes you know um these these mimetic um tropes that that carry with us from generation to generation. Yeah, they're all they're all based on something. So are there literal lizard people? I don't know. There's people who treat other humans so differently than we would find acceptable that they basically transmortify themselves into some other species, at least intellectually or spiritually. But I, I don't know. There's definitely some people out there that operate on a whole different um, at least at least morals than us. That seems evident. Yeah, I think that that's kind of a place where I feel most comfortable being as well. You know, I'm kind of like, look, I'm open to it and it's quite possible. It could, I, I, it could, ha- it could be happening. Right. But the, the fact of the matter is that we have real people that fall in line with that kind of mode of being. And that kind of turns them into, you know, these zombie lizards or whatever, yeah. these cold reptile right. uh, zo- zombies, right? Like the shows like walking dead and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, you know, that's what we have. We have a world of uh, NPCs and then you just, and then you have like every now and then there's a Neo that kind of pops out. Uh, and, uh, but maybe, maybe there's a, a chance that more and more. So do you think that you're, do you see, like, I feel like you're more tapped in than I am in terms of like the, um, sort of, uh, cultural discussion of the time because you're Probably. doing your, you're doing your shows like every day or every three days. Right. Right. And it started with me being personally canceled. So obviously I wanted to talk a lot about culture. <laughs> and yeah, you were pers- personally canceled. It affected you personally. And you talked to a diversity of different people yeah. uh, as well. So like, what do you, how do you f- feel about uh, in all the conversations that you've had and what you've learned about like people kind of waking up or coming online or being red pilled or, uh, get, you know, well, however you want to call it, you know, having some kind of insight and kind of changing how they felt about things. Do you think that that's happening more now? 
Or do you think we're like slowing down? Or I think that you have, I think you have to experience personal trauma in order to make these kind of changes. I don't think, just like I was saying, if you've got everything going your way, the best you can tell, like you're the winner, you're at the top of the heap, you're not going to have a personal awakening. It it requires trauma, and it doesn't have to be getting canceled or social trauma. It can be a car accident. It can be physical pain. It can be uh, anything like that, you know, but I, I do feel like it's trauma is where growth occurs, you know, because um, it's scary to get out of your comfort zone when you're when you're not threatened, when you don't feel any threat. It's scary to then put yourself in the wilderness and see what else is out there. So, um, yeah, I, most of the people I talk to already, you know, agree. And now I do talk to people that disagree with me a lot, you know, but they can be respectful. But, you know, I, I interviewed a Nazi. So. Oh, who? I don't want to say his name. I don't know if he's still a Nazi. I interviewed a guy one time when he was a boogie boy. Then the second time he came back, he had gone fully like racial animus, you know, but I felt that he was in a phase. So I was like, let me just talk to him. Maybe I can help him out. Maybe it'll be a good experience for everyone to see how this can happen to anybody. Um, I don't want to get too in the weeds with it, but I believe that social media was purposely showing white people um, violent black mobs and showing black people violent white cops like you know, trying to raise right. the actual or lower the vibe. Like literally they're trying to, you know, I saw that happening. I was just trying to warn people like this can happen to anyone. If you watch enough videos of people that look different than you beating up people that look like you, you're going to feel a way about it. So just don't watch it. You know? <laughs> so, right. But um, right. no, but I just say that to say like, I'll talk to anyone. And really what my main vibe is, is to get people to admit what they don't know. Like, and I'm very open. And that's why I'll bring up lizard people. I purposely bring up the things that make me look dumb just so people will be like, but you're not really a flat earther. I'll be like, I don't know what shape it is. Like, do you feel confident? You know, the shape of the earth. And then like, I can easily get them to admit that of course they don't, they have no background in physics or, um, uh, or, um, astrophysics or any, or, you know, or anything that you would need to know. They're not an airplane pilot, you know, and I can go right down the checklist. Like, let's identify what we can actually know and what's unknowable. And it's amazing to me how many people have confidence that they know unknowable things. And it's like, can we rewind and do this Socratically, like Socrates, and just do so- you know, Socratic method and keep, you know, let's, let's get back to the base, the basis of your knowledge and find out there is none. And that, that's me too. So my real mission with everything I'm doing right now, I think, as I kind of zero in on it, is let's, let's identify first what we don't know, what we can't know. You know what I mean? And then let's try to build rationally from there, not making these overconfident assumptions that we know unknowable things, such as what the weather will be in a hundred years if we tax people differently. And maybe we could block out the sun to help with that. You know, just major stuff like that. This is all based on overconfidence, people who don't understand what they know and what they can't know. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the reaction from the, the, the people that get like, I, it's, it's, it's this kind of reaction and I don't, I don't necessarily have a name for it. Maybe you can think of one, but it's like the, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah okay, right. man. It's like, uh, but, but really seriously, dude, I mean, come on. And it's, it's this sort of like, if you even venture into that territory to ask those questions mm. that, that you're dismissed and ridiculed right. and laughed at and sort of, of course, you know, like people got mm-hmm. me too. You got, of course, it's like, of course, come on. You, and how you, many you, times have you had the you're being stupid? Yeah. Right. And how many times have you had the personal experience interviewing other people where you take them into that deep water and they're like, well, you know, like I'm here to talk about clockwork elves, not lizard people. You know, let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I've do, had that a couple of times. That? I've had that a couple of times. I, tr- I tend not to get people like that on the show so much, mm. but I have had that a couple of times where some people have said something and I've been like, you know, they're kind of like, well, you know, now we're getting crazy now. And I'm just right. like, I'm like, but are we? 
You know, like I, mm. I, I don't know, you know, like I, I'm want to, I want to go there too, because I think that that is the healthiest, you know, obviously that's the healthiest way to exist as human beings. You know, I got into a, a little bit of an argument with my brother the other day because I asked him why he was getting the vaccine mm. and and he kind of jokingly replied back like, well, I don't know, everyone's doing it. So I guess I might as well, too. And I yeah. said, I said, ha ha. But seriously, though, why? And he kind of got mad at me and he was like, look, man, he's like, I feel like you're kind of always interrogating me and trying to push your way on me. And then he said something and he goes, oh, see, I knew you were anti. And I was like, look, I'm like, you could put any label on me that you want, but you're the one that's jumping around erratically and getting emotional and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I shout out to him. We, we made up, I, you know, we both apologize for things, but it was just like, let's find the, a way that we can communicate with each other in a way that actually works. Right. And we don't see that, you know, and, but that does happen on talkie time talkie time <laughs> is the time where you talk right and that's what i try yeah. to bring to this podcast oh, that's, that's what you do too this is exactly the reason um that i'm a fan of yours is because you were on a libertarian show and every so often you'd be like you know like i understand what you're talking about but we can't ignore this is connected to miley cyrus is dressed up like satan you know twerking on the vmas and your co-host would be like, well, you're right. You're right, man. I don't know what I, I mean. Like, I'm not I'm not really equipped to say anything more about it, but you're right. You know, we can't ignore cultural stuff, you know, so we can't ignore woo woo stuff either. We're ignoring whole fields of knowledge. And yeah. um, I, I've always been super turned on by um, Aristotle's four states of knowledge, you know, where you got your, you know, and this is this was made famous, popularized by Rumsfeld. I think he was talking about the Afghanistan war, or maybe Afghanistan and Iraq both. But um, he's, you know, he is telling people when it comes to uh, the challenges we're facing, we have um, our known unknowns, we have unknown unknowns. And I was like, oh, that's he's talking about Aristotle. That's amazing. You know, I hadn't thought about that in so long. And it is really important. I think the most important thing we can start with is identifying our is is what can't be known and what's obviously known. But we don't know. We know it like known unknown knowns or something no one ever brings up. It's right. okay to talk about known unknowns and unknown unknowns, but think about unknown knowns, things that you know that you don't know you know, such as don't kick a kitten. You know what I mean? Where's that? Where's the source of that information? It doesn't come from uh, rigorous testing, peer-reviewed studies. You know what I mean? You just know. Yep. It. So uh, think about what else goes into that category and what an important category that is. You know, like, don't block out the sun. I don't mm. need to be a scientist. I don't need to fund a study. You know, I can tell you that right away. Don't have sex with a baby. You know what I mean? I don't I don't need a book about it. I don't need to be an expert or get a degree. It's, it's things I was born knowing. And I think that's we're supposed to be in touch with that. We're, that's supposed to be something on the forefront of our mind. The things that are obvious. We, we don't know how we know them, but we know everyone knows it. And I think sure. that's a, that's a good starting place for like a real great reset, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, definitely for sure. And, and it's, you know, it, we are a part of nature, right? Like we are right. not separate from nature. We're a part of it. And so we are nature and all the things that you just listed, nature knows not to do those things. Like nature knows not to uh, do those things, but, but every so often nature gets corrupted. And what does nature get corrupted with? It gets corrupted with some of the poisons and the chemicals and the shit that we do. So whenever you have cancer, 
that grows and spreads, whether it's a cancer of uh, polluting uh, the, you know, the waters of, of earth or the trees and the deforestation or whatever, the, you know, the, the, the pollution and whatnot, that is, there's also a poison that affects the human and that poison affects the human. And then the human starts to deteriorate and degenerate and start doing these sort of malevolent or evil types of things. And that becomes accepted in the culture and, you know, uh, and it, it, it kind of, you know, poisons the, the, the human waters. And then, you know, then we're left with trying to correct that. Right. And right, I believe, yeah. I believe we will, because nature always finds a correction. I think so. Yeah. You know, and it might, it might not be pleasant for your own personal experience in this lifetime, whatever that solution that the, that the system uh, falls to is, you know, but of course, um, even in the Bible, in the, you know, God says, you don't need a book. You don't need a teacher. You can look all around you. And my laws are evident in creation. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't have you to go. be Christian or Judeo Christian to understand that, that you don't need a teacher. The teacher is reality. If you want to know what your God given rights are, take off all your clothes and get lost in the woods. You'll find out very quickly. You don't have a right to privacy. All the owls can see you all the time. Like all this stuff. <laughs> is all you need to do is enter, enter nature, you know, and you find out, you find out what your actual God given rights are, you know, and, and there's very few. Yeah. 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 The, the, the owls are making fun of your small penis. And <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you, they're you like, clearly don't have a right to shelter. You know, you don't have a right to food and want nothing. Forget about Well, right. Shelter. You, you, that's a great point. I mean, this, this abstraction of our environment with, uh, with uh, the, this technological world that we've built, it separates us from the suffering of, of humanity, naked, cold, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and needing each other to make it through. And right. uh, we've lost yes. our way with that. And just like you were saying with the bros that go clubbing and all that stuff, I did that for a while, man. I did that for a while. I was making some you money. Did. I was living in New York. Oh yeah, I figured you did because you were talking about it like someone who, who knows it. It gets old after a while. You know, you, you, it gets old after a while and you're, and you go, okay, what am I doing to actually make this a better environment? Cause I, this is not, I'm not feeling good here. Yeah. Right. And, and if we're not feeling good, then we're sick. If we're sick, then we're susceptible and vulnerable to influences from outside of us to try and promise that they'll make us better. And I'm pretty sure that we're finding ourselves in a, a situation yeah. like that right now. Yeah. And the, and the governor on, on behavior that's bad for you and bad for society is and this is what Jordan B. Peterson got famous talking about is, is social shame. You know what I mean? There uh, there is a social credit score that's inherent in creation. Like you can't escape that being judged by your neighbors. And the, the, the only way it's ever seemed to work is when you have small enough communities that everyone doing something wrong. It's obvious to everyone else. And either they get in line or they go find another community to live in. They get excommunicated. You know, and we've outsourced all this to strangers, to people we don't know. Supranational conglomerates now are going to be the ones who control our social credit score. You know what I mean? But they don't live with us. They don't live like us and they don't like us. You know, so obviously those are the last people you want doing that. But yeah, I mean, in in the natural order, you're supposed to be judge judging each other. And that's how you that's how you not you wind up up not having nightclubs that are open till four in the morning in order to have all those types of things. Let me even say uh, to a different scale, like as a as a uh, music artist, we shouldn't have music festivals that big. How are you going to have these giant speaker stacks and huge security teams, 
huge insurance money, all these buses that bring everything in, fog machines, lights. How are you going to have that in a good world? That isn't that it? You know what I mean? Like that's like a perk of a terrible world. Like, it, right? Yeah, this is <laughs> this is a great really great point. It. Right. That's not utopia. Utopia is very much like the Garden of Eden. The more we try to build things up, the more dystopic it goes hand in hand. Well, it's a very insulated utopia uh, and it's a utopia for the privileged. I'll use that word because it's true that, that yeah, there's um, there's a, I know a lot of people who are they're good people. They're nice people and they think they're doing good and everything. But they are on this kind of like um burning man sort of silicon valley plant medicine tech world kind of thing and uh and they uh, are just kind of tourists in the, in in using spirituality uh and consciousness and psychedelics uh as another artifact that they collect along along their you know grand uh satisfaction of their egos You're and right. so they're not actually helping anybody, but they can find the comfort in telling themselves and other people telling them that they are helping. And maybe they are helping people, but they're just helping the people that are in their sort of way on their on their wavelength. And they don't look at all the other issues that are really going on that are affecting uh, the world. And just to be this is not for everybody that is in this kind of like with this label. So I don't want people from like that go to Burning Man to be like, not me, man, because I know it's, it's just, it doesn't apply to everybody. But I'm just talking about a general sort of thing that I that I see, you know, kind of the the flat brim wearing hat wide you know, neck shirt, Aubrey Marcus type sort of like trendy spiritual. And I like Aubrey. I think, I think some of the stuff he does is good, but, uh, but just that, that type of image, that aesthetic and that way, it's really just like all insulated within that upper echelon of people. And I I don't really see it like being accommodating because these people, there's a lot of these people that are excited to get the vaccine. So things can go back to normal. So they go to these big ass music festivals so they can go to these, all these things. And that's really all they care about it. So it's more a drive towards like hedonism and pleasure than as a drive for healing and rebirth and a reset. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I like the analogy you had that. It's almost like they're like microdosing spirituality, like just a little bit. So you don't really feel it, but you, your, your vibe is just a little different, you know, but not mm-hmm. fully immersing yourself in any of it. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to see that some of the most really selfish and unaware people are like obsessed with personal healing, you know, like light workers and and um, uh, spiritual coaches and stuff like that. It's, you know, um, it, it's very limiting, you know, and uh, any kind of designation or identity like that is inherently going to chain you in, is going to box you into something, you know. So, I mean, just with the whole Burning Man scene, I mean, a scene is a scene is a scene. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is Groucho Marx. I'd never join any club that would have me. Yeah. And just think about that. You know what I mean? If you're, if you feel like you need to be in a club to feel complete and they're going to let you in based on that, it's like, what are we doing? (laughs) You know? So it's like, it really is. We're, we're, we need the experience of, especially men of going out on our own and testing ourselves and then coming back with some usefulness. And we kind of, we kind of skip that, you know, the R, the R, R versus H parenting theories of, should you have a bunch of kids and pay no attention to any of them and let the strong survive? Or should you just have one and be a helicopter parent? And now we're seeing two generations deep of doing that. You know, we got our millennials and our Gen Z fully helicopter parented 80 vaccines on the schedule. Like, like just an experiment. Let's see what happens with these generations. It's like, well, it might actually end the race. You know, it's like a giant mistake. <laughs> I don't really know where I'm going with that, but yeah, the, it's amazing but, how that whole burning man, yeah. scene, you know, morphed. 
Well, I've always, I've always been, I've been fascinated by, you know, I thought that when I joined, not joined, but like, I thought when I entered into uh, the uh, psychedelic community, um, the, you know, that I was going to be enter entering into an environment of free thinking people that question right. authority that are, you know, very, are very skeptical of power and, uh, that, that, ha that want to envision a world separate from, uh, the, the sort of, uh, our, you know, old ways of doing things. And I don't necessarily see that as like a unifying front. There's a lot of people that are just kind of, uh, uh, cheering, uh, the the masks and the mandates and the lockdowns and Fauci and the vaccines. And there's even a podcast out now called the Conspirituality Podcast, where these guys uh, try and debunk all the conspiracies out there and are they're trying to restore spirituality to its essence and get the conspirituality out of it. And I'm finding that a lot of people are really, these guys included are sort of leading the way in, in saying to people like the real fake news are conspiracy theories, you know, lockdowns are not tyranny. You know, the real, the real truth is vaccines help and, you know, all these things. And to see them take such an absolutist approach uh, is a little scary on the on the other end. Like I said, I, I thought we were supposed to be open minded, free thinking, you know, kind of questioning people. Uh, so I'm not really seeing that. Where are those people? Who are those people? Maybe they don't have a group. Do you find that that's sort of the case, that there's just these one off sort of unique individuals that can't really be categorized? Well, I think it just might be a sign of the times when you see everyone around you ganging up. You're like, I'm going to need a gang. You know what I mean? And if you're going to be in the gang, there's going to be rules you have to follow. It's not going to be you can just free to be yourself. You know, you got to wear the right color. You got to say certain things, not say certain things, you know, whatever it is. So I, I think that's just an instinct when you see everyone around you is collectivizing for war, essentially. I mean, let's be honest, like the, the people here are talking about, like science is real. Vaccines say li save lives like those people are bloody angry. You know what I mean? Like fuming, mad, violently mad. You know what I mean? Like it's easy to see anti-maskers aren't, aren't mad. You know, they're, they're, they try to come with a good vibe and then pro-maskers violently angry. I just seen a video today of some guy is just yelling out a car window, like take off the masks. And a guy comes up with his bicycle and smashes the guy's window. It's like totally inappropriate reaction. You know what I mean? So I just want to stay away from angry people. So I've been trying to find a group that isn't angry and you might be right. There might be you know, it just might be. T well, let me ask you, dude, what, what happens? Because you've been in the political scene, then you're in the cultural scene, the spiritual scene. I mean, is do you think you're going to find like the scene that's just tailored, you know, so perfectly for yourself? Or is it all about escaping these scenes, getting what you need from it, getting like escape velocity and then going somewhere else? Or what, what do you expect to happen with yourself on this journey? Mm, yeah. I think I am seeing the question that I asked you. Like, I think I'm seeing that it's just one-off individuals that can't okay. really be categorized or labeled. Yeah. Like I see that in a, in a number of different areas uh, where I'm like, oh, I really like what this guy's saying. And he's a rapper, but he also likes Trump, um, right. you know, but like, but or like, or I really like what this person's saying, but they like for some strange reason, 
they have no problem with like questioning the the COVID narrative, but everything else I like about them, okay, that's good. And then there's someone over here, and there's someone in the UFO camp, and there's someone. Oh, in the, okay. No, I, you know, I understand what you're talking about. It's yeah, there's like there's like an island of individuals sure. in various joy. different, yeah, various different right, camps. The island of the, like you're we, you're a cowboy riding an ostrich, and I'm a squirt gun that shoots jelly. We have nothing in common with each other except that no one wants either of us. So that's our gang is like the leftovers. <laughs> yeah, we're like the the. the the black sheep, the the lone rangers, and, right, the, and yeah. we have a sort of thing, a mm. connection, but there's no real, it's truly decentralized because there's yeah. no hierarchy, there's no leader. It's just people right. that are are the most free thinking people. Uh, I, I see it now. Yeah, I see exactly in the categories that they're in. Yeah. In spirituality, right? So we've got conspiracy theorists and spiritualists shoved into the same group because they're both they don't want the vax. They don't want a mandatory mask. You know, they don't want mandatory anything. So right. by by de facto, they're allies and they don't want to step on each other's toes. So it's like I hear from my friends and new associates on Instagram a lot of stuff about 5D. We're going to enter 5D. Quantum. Quantum is important. All this stuff to me is total faffery, like means nothing. And I, I don't enjoy hearing about it, but I'm not going to step on their toes because they're the only people I have. And by the way, they can go experiment on that and tell me what they find, you know, give me some useful information after they really focus on that. But I I mean, so, yeah, it's like I'm in this like awkward coalition of like unwanted and it is a lot of conspiracy theorists. <laughs> the Lost Boys. With, yeah. Masked up with spiritualists. It's a weird thing. It's like nine level is an inside job. And they're like, yeah, that's why we're all going into the fifth dimension. It's like, all right, I guess so. At least <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's like the way I look at it is just like, are you a free thinking person? Are you a person that's not afraid to go down the question hole? Right. And are, are you a person that is go? But he see, here's the thing, because like you mentioned before, these algorithms, these uh, social networks, um, you know, these psyops are able to leak in to every facet of our life. And we are able to be sort of programmed and controlled and our behaviors uh, modified by leading us down a wormhole or a rabbit hole to whatever particular target that, that, that can, can take us away. So that being said, I said this the other day to someone, I was like, I can have a bunch of facts and information and they can have a bunch of facts and information about the same thing. And we're still not going to agree if we're stuck in our attachment attachment and our emotional and spiritual and ideological belief in what we like, you have to come to a conversation being willing to listen to the other person and possibly change your mind. And I, I don't, that's what I'm saying is there's a lot of like people that are, we're not, but, but so the question for you is like, do you think that it's possible even to, with the overwhelm of information and the algorithms and all that kind of stuff to even have like common facts because i think it's whatever yeah. you whatever you believe you think is true and you can support that with whatever you could find out there that's why they killed socrates he was really annoying proving that everyone didn't know all the stuff they thought they knew <laughs> you know, so yeah no, he I, was don't a, we, I don't think we'll have a gadfly objective. yeah exactly i don't think we'll have objective facts and when uh i forget the name of the lady it was one of trump's uh press people um i can't think of her name but uh a very fiery blonde lady. She said, we have alternative facts. You know, somebody right. asked her in the news, what about our facts? We have alternative facts. They made fun of her, but it's like, that is an evolution of philosophy. Like it's not postmodernism because it's not boundless. It's something after postmodernism. We're like, we don't want to be postmodernists. We want to live the way nature 
is intended for us to live, but we're having a hard time figuring out what that is. You know what I mean? So that admitting that there are alternate facts, listen, I can, I can believe the earth is flat and you can believe it's a sphere, by the way, just for the record, I don't know either way, but just to say that, and we can have almost identical life experiences. You know, we can both do a podcast, could both have the same amount of money, both get married, move to the woods, whatever we want to do, you know? So it's like a, a huge disagreement. Like, by the way, are we on like this like uh, firmament and are there outer space and other planets? Yes or no? It doesn't really matter. Like you'd think those would be like crucial facts. Like if you don't know where you are, like you'd have no shot, but really it's not even important. You know what I mean? Or like the um, carbon dating, is that real? How old are things? You know, how old are ancient civilizations? Like 9,000 years old? where we reset right before the world's fair and they're just from 200 years ago. Like it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. The rubber never meets the road. And that's what I was talking about. Just identifying the things that can't be known and just shoving it off into a drawer. It's like, this is all stuff that can't be known. Like let's deal with stuff that we actually have some confidence. We have any connection to reality and can like observe any of this manifesting in reality. So no, I, I think we're way past objective truth and agreed upon facts. And we, we better come to terms with that quickly and figure out how to reorganize. Oh man, such a great point. Yeah. I think that I, that uh, what I was just thinking of was like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like we've become so comfortable and familiar with these, um, unquestioned givens, you know, yeah. in, in our reality. Well, of course the earth is a sphere. If you think it's flat, you're an idiot, right? Of course, there's nothing at the, you know, that's the center of the earth. Of course that there's no, uh, of course this isn't a simulator or whatever the, of course is the given <clears throat> the, the, the thing it's like these, these unchallenged sacred cows and we have to be willing to, you know, sacrifice them or slaughter them because yeah. we have to do that with everything. We can't keep the thing up here, sacred, untouched in a way that we can question everything else, but let's not get to the root first principles thing of what's going on and try and dig and dig and dig as best as we can. So what we have is a bunch of people who are afraid and scared of letting go and yeah. they are, and they're sticking to the old paradigm and the old facts. And this idea of alternative facts can be scoffed at and let at the same way it can be is if you're if you're having a prank pulled on you and you're like wait is this really happening i don't believe it is this really happening this is, is this no you guys that's not true and so you deny it because and you you deny it and you try to make a joke out of it because you you don't you can't accept it it's like wait is this what's really going on and sure. then when it's revealed it's like no this is what's really going on then there's this relief but we still haven't gotten to that point yet because people are still afraid clinging to all of the things that they feel safe and comfortable uh, around. And uh, right. that's no good because if you stay stationary in one place, lock yourself away and hide, you don't grow, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all have the innate feeling that judgment is a threat. Like when we're being judged, like the potential outcome of that is excommunication, which you can live now physically. I mean, back in the day, you would have been out in the woods and froze to death and not had food, you know, but we all feel that threat. Like, well, I'm being judged right now. People don't like what I'm saying. They think it's dangerous. Like something really bad could happen to me as a result of that. And unfortunately, you couple that with we've outsourced our fundamentals, like what we're talking about, like the unknown knowns, like be a good person. Don't kick kitties, you know, don't have sex with kids basic stuff like that. We don't even think that comes from us anymore. We've outsourced that to strangers, committees, corporations, states, like they're the ones who decide this stuff now. So they're like, it's for the greater good that everyone take an experimental DNA changing thing. And that becomes like an unknown known, but it's not real. So it's like the, the fear of excommunication is a good thing. That's supposed to keep you in the natural order. But 
we've outsourced the definition of the natural order to people who are extremely unnatural, you know, like the most unnatural people. So it, we're, what we're experiencing is something that's supposed to be a fail safe, right? We don't want to get kicked out of society, but actually now you do because society itself is completely backwards and upside down. So you're in, you're in extreme danger either way, you know, of if you stay in it, you're of it. And if you try to escape it, that's an unknown, whether you even can, if you'll be able to feed yourself, you know, these are real concerns right now with like vaccine passports. A lot of people I know are considering like, Hey, I've been like a city kid. I don't know how to farm and homestead. I've never seen a goat. You know what I mean? Like I might have to go learn how to do this stuff. Is this really happening? Or should I just take the vaccine and hope for the best? I mean, these are, this is a whole, a whole new kind of um, consideration that every, everyone has to deal with right now. Yeah. What do you think? About vaccines? Yeah. Oh, you'd have to be. Or about this situation. Yeah. With the vaccine passport, the situation, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, I'm very scared. I'd like to say I'm not scared, but I was vaccine damaged already once. So for me, it's a, it's a total non-starter. Plus I have bad food allergies. What happened? I was from the MMR vaccine. I, 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 I think I, I'm sorry. I think I yeah. remember something about this. No, no, this, it's okay. I was, but I'd love for I you remember. to share it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, basically, I got the shot and I started complaining right away that I couldn't think. I couldn't finish my thoughts. And I told my parents I have a brain blanket, like a, a blanket weighing down my brain. I can no longer think like to conclusions. So, and I, I used to love to draw. This was a was shot like, for? Uh, measles, mumps, rubella. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I used to love to draw. I was very visually artistic and I lost that entirely. I lost the ability to like draw realistic caricatures and stuff. I used to draw caricatures of waiters and people we'd see on the street. Like when I was a little kid, like three, four years old, uh, maybe four or five years old, I'd be drawing the waiter at a restaurant, draw, you know, wherever we were, I'm always drawing someone. People would be so impressed. Like I lost that ability overnight and um, I couldn't, I couldn't talk at all for a couple of weeks. And like, I have a speech impediment. I had to get over after that, where I like, stutter and mumble a little bit and stuff like that so and physical stuff you know allergies came right away and uh Tourette syndrome nervous tics that I had to overcome you know blinking and stretching my throat and stuff like that so yeah I mean it's 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 a nightmare you know and um my brain did overcome the inability to think by learning to think differently which is an aspect of autism when one area of your brain is damaged your brain will attempt to reroute the information through a part that still works So when you see someone that's like a rain man who can play piano perfectly, but like can't tie their shoes, that's because all all their processing is going through that piano circuit and making it super strong, like a super highway. And then as a result of that, they're like the world's greatest piano player. But every every other function they're trying to accomplish is being rerouted through the piano playing part of their brain, you know. So that's why I think differently now, like they made this Frankenstein monster. So now hopefully I can come back and kill them. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's, it's so fucked up and, you know, I don't know what it is about people that are, that are unwilling to ask the questions or at least be skeptical or hesitant uh, in this domain, because not only are there personal stories like the one that you just shared, but also public history. Uh, yeah, sure. You know, you think of the Tuskegee experiments well, the vaccine like dispensation court, the federal vaccine dispensation the, court. That's right. That's right. That's the uh, that was established in what, the 80s. Right. Right. Yeah. It was yeah, it's for, a court. The measles, mumps, rubella vaccine specifically. Yeah. Specifically but the polio for that. People polio as well. You know, most cases of polio weren't wild. They were vaccine reactions. So this is all documented. But yeah, I mean, this this stuff will all get you excommunicated for saying it now, which brings us back to that point. 
should we just go ahead and get excommunicated? You know, I, I well, really yeah, like totally. I mean, I think that's that's what it is. I think a lot of people are afraid to speak up and ask questions when they see such an angry mob of people willing yeah. to 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 sacrifice and slaughter anybody that, that uh, goes against the agenda. Uh, sure. Or the, not the agenda, but the the group consensus, right? Like right. you better agree with us, or we're going to mm-hmm. actually cancel you. You're going to be, you know, that's the the, the being ostracized yep. from the tribe is being canceled yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, they're yeah. all like, Shh, you're going to get us in trouble. We're standing near you while you're rebelling. Like we're going to get in trouble with you. Like quiet down. You know, the Nazis right. are here. Quiet down. So it's like, well, no, we've got we got to fight. <laughs> we got to do something. That's right. I, I I had I've had uh, people say to me that like some of the stuff I talk about. Don't say it because you're going to bring down the psychedelic movement and we're making so much progress. Like, you know, that bastard Timothy Leary that was trying to tell everyone to expand their minds and question authority and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it's like it's fear. Whenever you're guided by fear, you're fucked. You start going oh, down yeah. the dark path yep. and, and we can't be guided by fear. We have to be willing to say, hey, this seems uh, kind of weird. What's happening and right now? That's right? the source <laughs> of all the culture on political anger and hatred is, is fear for sure. Fear that we do have a legitimate um, totalitarian, violent, hates us government. You know what I mean? And they're redefining the very nature of our existence is a man, a man is a woman, a woman. Can you let your child cut their genitals off? Like insane questions. You know what I mean? They're forcing us to face these questions. None of this is organic coming from the bottom up. This is all being rained down upon us like acid rain and people are scared to death. They don't want to get, they don't want to find themselves on the receiving end of any of this. But I mean, if you, if you're a student of history, you realize that there, there is no way to run from totalitarianism. You have to go directly towards it. You know, that's the only way is to fight, yeah. you know, running it's like super mario when you turn your back on the ghost that's when it attacks you and when you face it it doesn't we have to face it but people are people are so afraid and it makes them very angry and i have a wild prediction that you'll probably get a kick out of i just thought of this the other day i think this is the zombie outbreak and these people that are angry enough to like i go to cvs with no mask because i know their policy they'll they'll respect medical exemptions i go there with no mask i get the sweetest looking soccer moms f-bombing me threatening to attack me and i'm like these people are going to start biting yeah, they're going to start biting. It's going to be if they're willing to physically attack you, biting is the most rage kind of attack you can do, like most animalistic. I'm like, these people might actually start biting. Yeah. 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 It is. It is scary. And it's, uh, you know, it's 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 difficult to just not like have up not take a side right like because there's a lot of people out there also that are just kind of going along to get along but i think that that's going to be coming to an end soon i think you're going to have to take a side you know you're you're either on the side of totalitarianism and the technocratic you know empire regime rule or you're on the side of uh you know being together with people and human right. beings and that's freedom. the thing we don't really have a defined group we're just like not you we're not you you know we're not the totalitarian <laughs> bootleggers we're anything else and that's why we wind up with uh, spiritual hippie chicks rubbing shoulders with QAnon people with a punisher skull and like all these unnatural alliances we're just like anyone anything but what they're doing you know <laughs> so it, we'll, yeah. we'll see we'll see where it leads for sure man i don't know if these kind of alliances are really built to last you know but um it seems like there is an agreement on leaving cities people want to leave the cities you know, and have freer communities. So I think that's a good start, you know, mm-hmm. and I yeah, think you're right. People, I'll be doing people that. Will have to pick a, people will have to pick a side, you know, but the people who feel safe with the authority, I mean, if they feel like it's going to be a war and there's a threat of danger to themselves, 
and they feel like they're on the winning team and they're scared, they're going to stay on that winning team and really double down. And I mean, this is what happened in Nazi Germany. Of course, right. you know, why everyone was hiling and everyone was wearing the propaganda and everything, you know? Yeah. So I uh, saw on Twitter recently, I think it was the uh, some libertarian account that tweeted something out saying like, uh, so vaccine passports, huh? Are you going to make them into little small gold stars that people have to wear? Uh, you know, making a comparison to uh, Nazi Germany. Right. Uh, and um, I think Seth Rogen uh, tweeted back like, oh, go fuck right off with this shit. And a lot of people right. are like, how dare you compare the Holocaust to what's happening now? And I think it's a great comparison uh, personally. And the term essential worker comes from oh, Nazi God. Germany. Uh, and so there's there's a lot of comparisons. Yeah, of course, we're already second class citizens, you know, and they already are talking about, um, you know, we've got open eugenicists ruling. our. I don't know how Bill Gates became like in this position of authority with no one ever voting for him. But I mean, he's out there giving dictates like we need to lower the population of the world through effective vaccination. You know, so we have actual eugenicists. Once they call you non-essential, like how how good do you feel about your your future? You know what I mean? <laughs> In a community right. that has essential and non-essential people. For every 75-year-old that you take off of life support, you can hire seven more teachers. Bill Gates said that. So obviously, it's inherently true that the more teachers you have, the better for whatever reason. But like with Seth Rogen, this is a perfect example of overconfidence. It's like, can you examine that idea like obviously you're angry you came out cursing and trying to be funny and defensive and sarcastic seth rogan you know but like really what's behind all this what do you really know seth rogan about vaccines what do you really know seth rogan about uh, authoritarianism about government mandates about history like what do you really know and the answer is obviously nothing you know what mm -hmm. i mean so it's like there has to be a preponderance of of honest people holding these people to account like how do you know like how, why are you so emotional and confident about this like where where is this coming from when did you become an expert on this subject why yeah, did you, when did you get so mad is what i want to ask people when did you get so mad bro you used to be funny well it's cool to be mad now that's the thing mm -hmm. right like i remember when the whole uh coronavirus started covid19 uh when it started the um uh, the whole there was like a, a trend or I noticed where people were like, stay the fuck home. You know, like it was like Stephen Colbert would be like, be like, hey, you know, this is serious. And I'm you. I'm a comedian, but stay the fuck home. Or like Larry David even was like, eh, oh, stay the stay the fuck home, you know? Right, and it was man. like, oh, you're cursing. So it's funny. Right. And we're mm -hmm. OK, we're going to yeah, stay the fuck home. Yeah, we'll stay the fuck home. It's cool to to, to just be angry and like right. curse now. That's why that's no what counts as they'll, they'll right. clap and go, woo, because they're receiving propaganda and not comedy. When you're receiving comedy, you have an involuntary laugh. You don't go, woo. So it's like. This, this is literally the two minutes of hate. Like Stephen Colbert is a perfect example. How did he go from the Colbert show on Comedy Central, which was cute, harmless, funny, honest. And then all of a sudden he's like, Donald Trump is by, is uh, Putin's cock holster. It's like, whoa, like that all escalated pretty quickly. Like this obviously isn't like kind hearted comedy anymore. And everyone's right. clapping, booing for it. It's like you've effectively propagandized most of our nation through through entertainment. You know, it's it's scary. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it really is. And uh, well, that's what that's the point of making music, man. That's why I wanted to make reggae music is because I felt that was the correct genre for the messages of truth, um, enlightenment, personal responsibility, goodness, kindness. 
um, roots and culture, family, tradition, God. I was like, this is the only genre of music that makes sense to do this. And that's why I, that's why I'm doing this, man, is to encode these good messages into catchy, popular, well-produced, like music that's just as well-produced as like Ziggy Marley or anything like that. That's got all these empty messages, you know, but with good messages, you know, because like I said in the beginning, the top of the influence pyramid is musicians for whatever reason. So, you know, if you if you have any talent, if you're already like a, a talker and you have any ability to make music, put put it to music because people won't have the option to reject you out of pocket. Like, you know, Seth Rogen, if I was to tweet him, he'd be like, go F off. But if he was to hear one of my songs, he might end up singing along to it subconsciously. You know what I mean? And I really think we need to kind of be, you know, take from their playbook and be a little bit of a spoon, spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. You know, even though it's a little sneaky, if we are in this spiritual war, you know, we've got to use whatever is available to us. And since we're the way smaller army, it's probably going to be mostly subterfuge, our own propaganda, uh, re-indoctrination of children, you know, and um, whatever we have to do. I mean, I do feel like we are in this crucial war and we need to, you know, it's not going to be a frontal attack that wins it for us, but we need to get serious and figure out what kind of tactics can make a dent. And I think cultural, like what you're doing, what I'm doing is it, it can make a dent. You know what I mean? For sure. And you see some people really blow up and get huge and not sell out. And it can make a bit, it can really move the needle. Yeah. Like, like who? Cause I, I was just thinking like, there's, I Anomaly. can't think. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, who I was referring to before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's at the I, top of my list for he supported Bernie. Then he came out and said, my bad. And I love Trump. Then he's like, all right, Trump totally failed us. He's like, what are we going to do? Y'all at least. And people get mad at him. He'll lose 10,000, gain 5,000, lose this amount, gain amount, huge numbers of people, 200,000 people leave another hundred thousand come. He's willing to roll to, to just keep saying, like updating you. I'm like, yeah, like I was trying to think my best the whole time. You all came here because you like to listen to it. Now I'm telling you I'm thinking something different. It's a very brave thing to do, especially when that's your only income stream. So I'd I, I love and, it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then if you could name a few more, I'd like to start following them because I don't know that many either. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, how great would it be if like, like everyone's like, oh, Beyonce, Beyonce. Yeah. How great would it be if Beyonce just came out and was like, we got to kill all the politicians. <laughs> hey, baby. Dance moves right now, and man. the drug walls. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like... Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm just saying, but like, you you know, but I think you're a hundred percent right because I think it's, it's, and it's not selling out or being sneaky. I think it's, it's literally just using the language of our hearts and our souls and the transcending and transmitting the divine through our, uh, you know, humanity in order to sort of affect some, some other people on an energetic, emotional, spiritual level, because that's how people change. And they change with things that are personal to them and affect them. And like you said, I thought it was such a great point, which was the trauma, going through personal trauma. So something really personal and feeling on that level, it's going to, that's going to, it's not about, well, it's simply facts. Facts don't care about your feelings, facts. It's, you know, it's like, it's, it's not just about facts and logic and data that's about it too, but you, you don't change people's minds by smashing them down with facts and logic. You only right. uh, embolden them to double down on their position. So they defend themselves. And then you're right. in a battle, you're in a game of war, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's the whole problem with libertarianism. Like they'll win every debate and lose everything else for all of That's right. Logic doesn't really the rubber. I'm, not, I'm such a logical thinker. Like I've been at, you know, I was a uh, Ayn Rand. Um, what do you call it? Uh, objectivist and everything, you know, Ayn Rand. So, 
I love logical thinking. I love debate. I love argumentative logic, stuff like that, calling out people's fallacies, all that. It only works in debates. It, the rubber right. never hits the road. It won't win you anything in politics, anything in culture. It, you won't become an important, powerful person doing that. You know what I mean? So it, yeah, it's disappointing for me because I'm good at it, logic, but I'm like, oh, this isn't enough. Like it's, it's, a, it's a persuasion game. It's all about um, scope and persuasion. How persuasive are you and how many people are you able to reach? You know, and um, that that's really that's really where we we can get traction, you know, until they just shut down the whole Internet, you know, but that's where we can get traction right now, you know, is using the Internet like we are. And um, I hope there are more people out there like Anomaly. I can't I'd love to list off a couple that I think are decent. I think Dave Rubin is decent. I mean, Candace yeah. is decent, you know, decent. I feel like they're a little bit like too like political bent and a little bit too corporate, but. I feel I feel they're able to change. They're able to adjust, adapt. They're able to admit when they're wrong. So I, yeah, wish, yeah. There was, I wish there was more of a you'll get turned on so quick, man. People call you a shell. You know what I mean? Like I've been right. pointing out recently, like Trump really left us in a lurch. You know what I mean? Like I supported Trump because I didn't think he was going to leave us in a lurch. I, I really believe that he cared. I saw him doing stand up comedy for 50,000 people. And I was like, that's organic. People are laughing, not clapping and going, woo. I was like, this is he's telling the truth. That's what stand-up comedy is. So I really had this confidence that now I don't really understand what happened. And I'm being honest with people about that. Like, oh, he's against Trump. And I'm like, I'm not against Trump. I'm, I'm for me. Like, I, now I'm going to have to get like a vaccine passport and go to FEMA camp. Like, Trump didn't save me. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it's neither here nor who I'm for or against. It's like, I'm against what happened. You know, I'm against the situation we got left with. But people will call me a show for that. And I lose tons of followers or whatever. But it's like, it, it's fine. Because that's a very that's a limited lifespan for saying things you don't believe. You know, if you're saying things you, you don't even believe yourself or you changed your mind and don't want to admit it. I mean, you're not going to be a very effective at persuading people to things that you don't even believe in yourself, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Let's get into that a little bit. Cause uh, I'm, I'm curious to know uh, the, you know, there, there is, I definitely operate in a realm where again, there's this given, right? It's a given that you're like, oh, well, yeah, obviously Trump's a fucking evil asshole bullshit, you know, and if you take any opinion about it uh, in, in, in trying to have a conversation that isn't automatically on that team side of hate Trump with me, that you're right. then like labeled and demonized and, you know, I didn't vote for him. But uh, I had I didn't have nearly uh, as big as an issue as a lot of people that I that I saw get Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, what was it for you that sparked your interest in him and led you to support him? He was hilarious. He was saying things that I wanted to hear people <laughs> say on the biggest yeah. platform ever. He's like, by the way, by the way, your brother started a war that killed millions of people and it over lies. Like, by the way, and you're very low energy. It was just like hitting home runs out every time. It, and I saw people hating it, you know, and I was like, how come I love it? And they hate it. And like, it's still something I, I, I really think about, you know, and it might be like a Yanni Laurel. What color is his dress? Blue and white, gold and black. Like you might just be genetically predisposed to see that dress as one color or another and to hate Trump or to love him. But for me, I was like, this is the funniest, most truth speaking. He's saying everything that needs to be said. He's calling out all the real enemies. You know, he's talking about the Federal Reserve, the Saudi royal family. He's talking about all this stuff. He's talking about ending the forever wars. He's giving the greatest comedy shows of all time, five times a day in five different states. He's performing for 50,000 people and killing, 
killing. You know what I mean? And I love yeah. comedy. So, I mean, everything about it to me, I was like, this, this is it. This is like, we have a hero, but I won't look for any more heroes after this. I really won't. It's a lesson I've learned from this. It's like, we've, it's got to come from the ground up. Like there is right. no, there is no hero coming to save us. You know, it's not Elon Musk. You can't go to Mars. It's not going to be another politician. There's no point in ever voting again. I voted for the first time in my life in 2020. I won't be making that mistake again. You know, I feel like I signed my list to my name to a death registry for no reason. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's so sad for me to see Trump go out like this, you know, um, and I don't really understand what happened. It's going to take some reflection. But I can tell you right now that um, he's chilling and golfing and 40 percent of small businesses are still gone and never coming back. And vaccine passports are coming and he's saying everyone go get a vaccine. So, man, I don't honestly know if I was fooled or if he was fooled, you know, but somebody got fooled, but it's, it's kind of unknowable, you know? And when people say, obviously Trump is this, or obviously Q was a psyop, it's like, obviously you don't know what you know and what you don't know, which takes us back to identify the things that you can't know, first of all, and just Mm -hmm. eliminate that from your, your con your armor of confidence in the things that you'll say out loud. It's like, wait a minute, I shouldn't say that out loud because I know I don't know what I'm talking about, such as that was obviously a psyop or obviously it was true or obviously Trump worked for Russia or obviously, you know, whatever it is, you know, so it's nothing is that obvious when you really think about it. So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what happened, man. I don't know what happened, but um, if somebody got fooled, either me or Trump, you know, what do you think? Yeah, maybe both. Right. I mean, maybe a little bit of both. But there's there is so much that we don't know. I mean, there's so many coordinated. Well, can, can I ask you as a comedian? Sorry to interrupt you, but I want to ask you because you're you're a comedian. Um, do you think it's possible to to go up there and lie like that and get such a and kill the crowd like that just by like lying and po- purposeful propaganda, saying things to mislead people? Do you think it's possible to kill that way? Uh yeah something like that but not not necessarily so i don't think it's totally one way or another i think there's definitely an element of showmanship that you cultivate after a little while and let's be honest he's a showman right like that's his thing he is where who he is because his his talent as a showman so i think there's always core elements of truth, but it, then it becomes wrapped up in the showmanshipness of it. And you definitely feel the weight of that, you know? And I think, I think we see that with every president or anybody in a big, powerful position that there's a weight. It's almost like a ticking time bomb. When is your time going to be up? When are you going to hit rock bottom? When are you going to have your meltdown moment, your drug fueled crazed moment, your beating yeah. off in hotels in front of women right, moment, right, right. you know, there's people are waiting for you to fall and the, and the pressure is heavy on you, you know? Uh, and so a lot of times we say, what happened to these people? Well, they, they crumbled under pressure and under influence, even yeah. them. Even them, you know, after a while, you're old, you think about your family, you know, your health, you know, this and that. And if you have people constantly badgering you and making threats uh, about things, you're going to think differently sometimes. You know, you just gave me a new idea, too, which is maybe the crowds wanted to laugh like a codependency. We're like, we want him to be good. We want him to be funny. We want him to be true. We want him to be a hero. So like he's actually getting these amazing comedic, uh, you know, uh, amazing uh, crowd pops from his comedy the same way that um, a lot of comedians get um, like a Dave Chappelle, like he still kills, but his jokes aren't funny, but people are still laughing because they support him. They want it because it's be, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. They want it to be an epic experience where they're seeing the legendary Dave Chappelle. They're ready to laugh and support, you know, so it's That's almost right. like they're encouraging each other. It's like a feedback loop where everyone gets very overconfident. 
Yeah, it's like like Jerry Seinfeld, like even like it was probably like 10 years ago. He was just so big that if he came into a comedy club in the city to do comedy, like if he popped into the comedy cellar, like people would just laugh and cheer because he was there already. And he he says like a lot. He's like, I haven't said anything yet. You know, you guys or he'll be be like, that's the show. That's it. I'll see you later. (laughs) Because it's that it's like we want to accept you. We want to love you. We want to be like you. We want to talk to you. We want to be near you because you've found something that's captivating and magnetic and makes us feel alive. And Trump gave that to a lot of people. And I, I liked him because he was hilarious and because he just said whatever the fuck was on his mind and he's an elite, but he's not part of their club. He's a, he's a wealthy individual who's part of the hyper crony capitalistic corporate narcissistic, you know, uh, opulent kind of environment that we've, you know, been, he's a product of the West. He's a product. He's 100% USA product of the culture of the USA. He's and 100% Rome. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but he's, uh, yeah, but he's like, he's, um, he, he tapped into a moment, man. And it's like, when you get someone up there that's different and they're just saying whatever comes to their mind, it's fucking refreshing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time in my life. I'm I'm turning 45 in a couple of days and, um, I've never felt any connection with anyone in the political sphere and very few people in the entertainment sphere. Like I liked Donald Trump, Bill Murray, I can't even really think of any musicians that I still like as people, but uh, so it's, you know, I don't get enamored with strangers that often. So um, yeah, you know, and, and, and Alex Jones is another one. And it really does make me think like, what do these people have in common that I'll get enamored with? It's like a strong father figure. Cause I had a weak father. So it's like, if I see like strong daddy is home, you know, then like right away I get like the wolf. Hey, in my eyes. Seth, <laughs> daddy's home, Seth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Give your daddy a hug. Yay, daddy. You're my you're my number one yeah. son, even though I have clones of you in the basement. Yeah. Right. So when you're an honest person, you can like psychoanalyze yourself like that and be like, how how am I getting like what is there a type of people that can just get away with murder and I forgive it? And it is. It's the it's the strong daddy type, you know what I mean? Right. So now I gotta be careful of that in the future. Right. I'm trying to, you know, fool me can't get fooled again. Right. Won't get fooled again. Well, at least you have that awareness. That's great that you have yeah. that awareness. Hey, how much time do you have left? Oh, plenty. Um, I can go oh, okay. forever, man. This is awesome. All right. Great. Awesome. Cool. Um, Have you seen the documentary down the rabbit hole on HBO about Q? No. Yeah, I I haven't seen it either. I I just started watching it. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That's a weird topic to bring up then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I, I was interested because you brought it. You mentioned Q before. I know everything about Q. I know all about it. Okay, cool. Um, Because I'm uh, I'm giving a talk in a couple of weeks about uh, like uh, not like Q conspiracies, invading spirituality and things like that. And so um, maybe I'll give you what my take and you could tell me what you think. Okay. so so I what I notice is that there's elements of truth that uh, get released and are targeted to people through the internet and social media to get people interested, but they're tying these elements to truth to things that are a little bit more far away and far off or a little bit more Looney Tune. And, and then they're saying, okay, it's, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And there's little breadcrumbs along the way. And all it is is a way to uh, trap 
people that would ordinarily be questioning authority and um, on a, a team that's at, or on a side of, of a way of thinking that would actually be productive and get uh, things accomplished that we could change. And however, it's sending them down all these mazes and these rabbit holes and, and leaving them confused and lost and circling and spinning, spinning around. And the perception, the optics of it uh, are to the general it's for the it's not for these people it's for the general public to then see these people and say oh look at those crazies i'm now going to double down and reinforce on the other side and go even more extreme so i was saying oh well who cares about vaccines well now i don't want to be perceived like a q person or something like that so now i'm gonna uh you know or 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 better example right it's like you there is child sex trafficking and these crimes, right. these horrible crimes. But now because of the Q thing, people are like, wow, I mean, I don't want to re even really talk about that because then I'll get lumped in with Q and everything. So I'm just going to double down and go with like, well, that come on, that's not happening or that's not a real thing. So it creates this sort of reinforcement of the status quo uh, even more so because of how wild and crazy uh, some of these people are being perceived as, but to no fault of their own because they're searching for meaning and they're searching to do the right thing. And if you heard that this stuff was happening, if this was the first time in your life that you heard that there were things that were happening in the world that you didn't know, that the social studies school version of reality isn't the true one, and you just got exposed to all this information, you're going to be a little confused. You're going to be a little disoriented. You're going to be ripe for manipulating. So that's my take on that so far. Right. And I'd love for you to kind of fill in the blanks and tell me where what's going on. So you you're, you kind of combine two theories about Q in there. One is the Alex Jones take, which he's meant to make us look crazy. So like you, you do, you do give some truth. Like there's a guy called Jeffrey Epstein. He's got an airplane. Clinton was on it. You know what I mean? They got a whole Island. Turns out it's all true. But still, if you say Alex Jones, you get kicked out of polite society. You know what I mean? So, which by the way, doesn't prove that that was the purpose of his existence or that he was, you know, intending it to be a way to get people who think like him kicked out of society. That's just right. an assumption we can make. And then another theory you were touching upon about Q is um, pacifying conservatives, which I, I think I can easily throw that one away. I don't think anyone is, I think everyone is already passive. Our entire society is extremely passive. We take what we're given, you know, if the, if the lot, if the weight at the DMV is four hours, and then you got to pay $200 every year to register your car. You just do it. If you got to take a vaccine and get a passport, you just do it. And we've seen, uh, we saw January 6th come and go. We saw January 20th come and go. We saw March 4th come and go. March 20th come and go. The militias did nothing. The militias were already passive. It was a LARP the whole time. They've got big muscles, camo clothes, huge guns, all the ammo in the world. And they were, they were passive the whole time. It was a, it was a, um, it was a bluff. They were bluffing. So I totally... And everyone else that's that's reading Q is on the internet. If you're on the internet on message boards, you're a very passive person by definition. I lump myself into right. that. You know, it's like an escape. It's like I give up on the world at large. I'm just gonna go see if I can find anyone cool on the internet. You know, yeah. so that that is a passive state you're in to begin with. So I disagree with that. I think the most honest thing that can say that could be said about Q, you're right. There's some there's some true information in there, and there's also some very I don't want to say impossible, but very interesting predictions that came true that are that can't be explained to me. And I'll, I'll just give you one example is predicting the appointment of uh, Ezra Cohen, Watnick and Cash Patel. You're probably saying, who are they? 
which is a correct answer because no one's ever heard of them. None of these pundits on MSNBC, no one who works for C-SPAN. These are governmental, um, extremely arcane young people working in low positions. And Q said, watch these two. And then they both got appointed to like a CIA director and like a national intelligence liaison or whatever on the same day. So I'm like, no, no one is ever going to attempt to explain that. And there's a bunch of other stuff too, predicting the death of John McCain. I'm not saying it's, it can't be explained. I'm just saying no one's attempting to explain it or has explained it to me. I haven't seen the explanation. So right, right there, there's stuff that if you're a logically thinking person, you're like, I understand that I'm getting goodies. This is like occulted information. They're giving me something, you know? And then I think like that feedback loop we were talking about with Trump at his rallies applies here too, where the people reading Q then start uh, trying to participate in it, even though they don't have any military intelligence. They, they're not making any impossible predictions. They're just regular people like you and me, but they start making these dates. They start making these maps. Q never said one date in all the drops. All the dates come from the Anons, the people who are putting together, adding on, embellishing fan fiction. It's very much like fan interpreting. Yeah, that the crazy part of Q is not Q. Q is just riddles with bits of information. It's neither crazy nor insane. You know, it's very dry and textual. Um, But then the Anon community is basically a creative writing class. You know, they take what they're given sort of like Bible code, like the Bible is there. Right, right. But you didn't get a directive from God. You're reading every 50th word and putting together new messages from the Bible. So there's a whole Bible code thing that went on with Q. So it's totally it's totally fair to be critical of the community for overconfidence in what they thought they knew. But the actual the actual material of Q itself, unknowable what that was, unknowable what it was, how it came to be, how they had the information. Is it a person? Is it an AI? Is it the Mossad? Is it the, uh, the KGB or whatever replaced the KGB? I forget what it's called. You know, it's imp- it's unknowable, but the phenomenon is understandable. I think so. I think the phenomenon is where what we should be examining as opposed to the stuff that we can't figure out anyhow. So would you say that it would be similar to the way that the interpretations of holy texts like the Bible and other things can can get bastardized and watered down and things omitted and people interpret it and create their own sort of cult versions. That one right there. Yeah. The the reinterpretation, the reading between the lines. Yeah, that was that's what happened. One hundred percent. Interesting. Yeah. It, 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 it really kind of lands in this territory then more of people that really want to feel like they're a part of doing good in the world and helping mm-hmm. make a change. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, that they they feel that they've been brought together and there's a camaraderie and a bond and a, and a brotherhood and a kinship, you know, and, and we're all searching for that meaning. You know, if, if right now someone walked in my room and was like, we're going to recruit you to join the Avengers to save the, the planet, I'd be like, cool. Do I get an Iron Man suit? And they're like, Not yeah. if I have to work for Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to work for Disney, but they're like, no, we're the real Avengers. We're, we're okay. really real. And then I'd be like, okay, cool. Awesome. Build me a, a sick uh, psychedelic Doctor Strange suit and I'm in. Yeah. And and so, so yeah, I mean, we want to be part of, we want to be part of something. It is interesting though. I really do wonder who Q is. I, I, I really did think for, we're, for we're going to find out. I predict that we will find out because one of the Q drops is um, I can't wait for you to find out who's speaking to you. So, which to me was very disturbing and om- ominous, uh, ominous. Sorry. I, I can't say that word right now, but can you say the word for me? Uh, yeah. Ominous. 
Thank you. Ominous. Yeah, now I got it. It didn't sound right when I was. You want to say it again and then I can edit it and it'll make it sound like you said it. No, no, no. Keep it real. Keep it real. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's a very ominous statement. I can't wait to find out who's speaking to you. I'm like, that sounds like when Google's like, don't be evil. You know, you hear that and you're like, so they're going to be evil. And when I heard that, I can't wait for you to find out who's speaking to you. I was like, it's got to be George Soros or like Hillary Clinton herself or something. You know what I mean? It's just such a such a scary sounding statement. But as um, uh, I think Voltaire or Sartre said it, that once a gun is introduced to the story, it must be fired. And I believe that stories are an imitation of life. The way that we compose stories with their acts and with their setups and reveals, we're imitating the way we see life creates stories. Like creation itself is organized into stories. So I do believe that tropes that apply to storytelling well, also are a reflection of what happens in nature. So I sense that statement was made. I can't wait for you to find out who's speaking to you. I believe we it ne- necessarily we will find out who is speaking. I would, I, I think would we'll lo- be surprised. I think we'll be surprised. Everybody will be surprised. I yeah. think the story of Q is not done, is not well understood at all, and um, still has surprises to come. I'll say cool. that. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely exciting. I mean, I I definitely think that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are concerned. It's dangerous and all this kind of stuff. But I'm like, look, we're this is what we do. It's always been this way. I don't know what to tell you, you know. And uh, and so it, it, it's just that we we have the ability to gamify our existence now, right? Yes. Like, you know. And so I I was on your show on Talkie Time talking about this sort of techno tribalism type thing, mm-hmm. and I really do think that that is sort of where we're going, and we can really manifest uh, this sort of team uh team thing and you know i brought up the avengers but it's like yeah like we all get to choose our superhero squadron so you'll have the x-men the avengers x-force you know uh Mm. batman you know whatever just all these people because that's where we want to be we all want to be these heroes on these teams and so i think the only way to the only way forward is to continue playing that game and just to do it you know we do it with our you know messages and with our aesthetics and with our vibe and they do it with theirs and uh that's sort of you know the way that buckminster fuller uh talked about how we change things not by fighting the existing status quo but creating diverse alternatives that are appealing and attractive that make that obsolete and um so i see it as a as a good thing actually yeah absolutely i mean happiness is the ultimate 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 persuasion you don't have to say anything people just have have to observe that you have a a better state of satisfaction than they do and they're going to want to find out what's going on so exactly if you have a brother that doesn't that he wants to get vaccinated and you don't you know what I mean? I mean, it's too late at this point, but the, the way to prevent that is by showing them that your way of thinking leads to happiness because everybody wants happiness. You know, everybody wants satisfaction and, and to feel um, loved, to feel safe, stuff like that. So if you exude that, which I don't, but I'm working on it. But if you exude that, yeah, you do. What are you talking about? <laughs> if people just observe you and they're like, Mike Adelic, like he's all into conspiracy theories. He's into drugs, but like, but he's got a girlfriend. He's like nice place. And he's in Colorado. His life keeps getting better. It's like, it makes it harder and harder to criticize. And that is better persuasion even than arguing. The worst form of persuasion is to tell people facts. <laughs> yeah. It never, ever works because they know you. If you're talking to them, they know who you are. They're like, all right, these facts are interesting, but you're Mike. Like I knew you were near a kid and you fell out of that tree. I saw when you pooped your pants. I'm not listening to you tell me what the real, the, what, what the world really is. You know, it has to come from a stranger. It has to come from a persuasive song or a video. I always tell people what red pill do you? It probably wasn't somebody talking your ear off in a car. It was probably a good video you saw that was like skillfully produced and edited and someone talented was speaking. There's a script. It's like, 
get your game up to that level if you want to red pill your friends or just show them what you saw or something. You know? That's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. What red pilled you? I was at this party and I really wanted to talk to this. I was I was, saw this really attractive girl and I was walking towards her, but then this guy cornered me and started yeah. telling me about, uh, about the you know the the, the Federal Reserve and Jekyll Island and he brought up this book and. Yeah. Next thing you know, exactly. he's telling me about the Franklin scandal and I'm like, oh, right. gee, you know, then I then I'm yeah, that doesn't happen that way. So, yeah, it is emotional. Right. Like and that yeah. even that word red pill comes from the Matrix. Right. And it's, that was such a big cultural uh, metaphor um, for for waking up and Plato's allegory of the cave and how to see the world in a different way and come to the the truth and and that sort of thing. And it's and it's now in a lot of the circles that I operate in is, is seen as like, Oh, you know, that's like a right wing thing. Now you're part because of, of red, because time. red is associated with Republicans. So unfortunate that it wasn't green or something. So stupid. Yeah. yeah. Should have been green but and I, yellow pills. Never would have had that problem. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, we, there's, there's good people everywhere you go and you know, you, you find good people. I've been all over the world and I find good people everywhere I go. So a lot of the times the, the, you know, I think that the messaging to cause such division and polarization and fragmentation into these tribal teams is coming from nefarious sources from the top, from the inside, like we're talking about, like, so with Q, for example, like, do you think this is actually really someone who is, you know, former intelligence or something like that, who's trying to help? Or do you think it's someone who's really pulling the strings, like you said, like a Soros or Hillary or something like that? You know, I don't know. We both don't know. Right. But uh, but would you say that there's 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 a, a lot of that going on that we uh, that we just don't really um, I guess the question that I'm trying to formulate here is that, you know, oftentimes we tend to debate or argue or challenge uh, a particular individual's uh, point of view who, are, who is interpreting information that we deem to be incorrect. Where is that information coming from? In my opinion, I think there's a lot of information that is purposefully distributed for misinformation and confusion. Yeah, that's a, that's a scary uh, element of the of the modern internet. We have to worry how long that uh, wonder how long that's been the case too. I'm sure it's not like a, a brand new phenomenon. You know, uh, we have to wonder how many of our elections were legitimate, how many of our politicians were legitimate, and actually who they claim to be, and not like an actor. You know, like Obama was. Um, so we have to wonder that about Trump. We have to retroactively wonder that about Reagan. Like, was he really opposition or was he a controlled opposition? Because his second term was pretty much like Bush legacy. You know, so, I mean, we really culturally and everything like everything has been assigned. Like I said, we gave up our, our natural function of defining what is fundamental to us and outsource that to strangers who don't care about us and corporate profiteers and stuff like that. So we've absolutely lost our bedrock and we have no uh, foundation. You know, we're built we're a castle built in the sand right now. So, uh, you know, that of course, so people are going to want to retribalize, um, which I think is good because that'll create distance between people we need a cooling off. We need people to get out of these huge clusters first thing first and, and get a little bit closer to nature, get a few more people who grow some of their own food. I'm not saying going off the grid, but like get a few more people to try growing a tomato. And then you learn a lot about the laws of nature. Like if you feed it electrolytes, like whatever the soda is in idiocracy, it's not a good tomato. You know, there's only one way right. to do it. It needs H2O. It needs soil. There's no, and then you start to extrapolate from that. Like, maybe all of reality is like ordered and has rules of how things work. And like postmodernism is insane. So mm -hmm. I think people need to decluster. Tribalize is fine. 
I mean, where we have abundant resources, I don't, I don't imagine people immediately fighting over resources or anything like that. But I think it's good for people should tribalize right now because the alternative to that is universal conformity to a super state. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's at the top of your mind or at the top at the, you know, like in your heart right now, what that's, that's driving you that you're curious about that you're interested in. Is there any particular issue or, um, you know, sort of, uh, topics that you, that you've been really kind of, uh, uh, getting into because that's kind of how it goes for me is that I, I sort of and you know with the different guests that I have on the show and stuff it's like oh man I'm really interested in this particular thing and then all of a sudden it kind of fades away and I get interested in something else so mm. it, 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 does that happen for you and if so like what's what's going on with you right now yeah you I want to I want to I want to avoid being one of the people that commits to one subject and like walks the mud hole dry like I can't listen to Alex Jones anymore even though he gave me so much fascinating information and entertainment He's out of material. There's no new material. He only repeats himself now. Trump only repeats himself. A lot of people that I really listen to a lot can only repeat themselves. Um, so I don't I don't want to think about specific topics in that sense anymore. Although I talk about them all the time on Talkie Time because we're a daily show and people want to want your um, perspective on daily events. But I always try to tie it back to the bigger picture, which is how are we thinking? Like, are we doing this right? So that's that's my jag that I've really been on. It's just thinking about the act of thinking like. Can we do it? Can we do any better job of this? Because we have a lot of subjects that are just dead ends, you know, like uh, I don't want to say um, psychedelics and spirituality is a dead end. It's not. But uh, po maybe podcasting about it, you know, it's less interesting when someone like that goes on Joe Rogan now than it used to be. And yeah. if Alex was to go back on Joe Rogan now, I'd barely be interested because I know he, he has nothing new to talk about. So right, right. I'm, I'm becoming less subject oriented. And I want to, one, I want to do things that work. So I'm making music with good messages in it, important messages. I'm working very hard on that. I've got like nine songs in the pipe right now and just put it out, nice. put out an hour, a year ago. So I'm making tons and tons of music. And I want to, since I I'm talking every day, I want to always check everyone who's not thinking clearly. So every person in the chat is like, obviously that's a LARP. Obviously that's a PSYOP. It's like, you don't know how to think. Like, and it's, not in a mean way, but it's like no one ever taught you and it's not obvious. But like once I explain it, it's going to be obvious. Like you're saying, you know, things that are nobody could ever know. Totally unknowable. And then I can explain why. And they're like, all right, I see what you're saying, but I still don't like it. And it's like, well, that's OK. You know, at least now you've got a file under an emotion as opposed to like uh, a fact. You know what I mean? So that's that's what I'm all about. But I'm always interested to talk on any topic, you know, but most of them are very negative. You know, yesterday we talked about the transification of America. You know, it's it's very upsetting <laughs> material. You know what I mean? So most of the specific topics are, are upsetting. But I love the kind of stuff that you talk about on your show. I just don't really have the knowledge base. But when I do listen to Mike Adelic, it's always it's always new information and stuff that I'm interested in. And I, I wish I knew more about the topics that you guys talk about, to be honest. Well, thanks. I, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And, and so, yeah, I like that about your show too, that you're always const constantly questioning. And that's a cool thing about your show is that, that you're able to have that live audience feedback. So, oh, yeah. or you're able to see what they're saying. And in a way you uh, can kind of help them, uh, in a, in, you know, just kind of start thinking about the way that they're thinking, even if they don't get it right away, they're still mm -hmm. a part of that audience and they're there. And that's how it unfolds over over time it doesn't happen instantly. So right. I think always keeping 
you know, keeping that um, spark of curiosity and questioning healthy and alive uh, and spreading that message of love and creating good vibes to jam to. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're doing it, man. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate that, man. You're definitely somebody who inspired me to even try doing this. It's a super thrill to be on Mikeadelic. You know what I mean? I couldn't be any more stoked, brother. Cool. Tell the people where to go. Yeah. So right now my hub is Instagram. Uh, the name of my band and my page is Venice Beach Dub Club. Um, you might have to spell out the whole thing because I'm very shadow banned. Also, you could just put in the initials VBDC and it should come up. And that's how you can also find me directly on Spotify, Apple, iTunes. I made the name of the album VBDC so you wouldn't have to type so much. <laughs> and that'll take you to all my music. I got a YouTube page of the same name with music videos like the one you're mentioning. I got a, some really funny ones up there and stuff. So, yeah, come connect on Instagram. And I go live every day, California time six to eight o'clock and on saturday we do a fam jam with live music musical guests and we take viewer calls on screen it's a good fun time yeah hell yeah awesome uh thanks so much seth i'll put all those links in the uh show notes show description and uh until next time peace everybody thank you Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Uh, go follow Seth, of course, and check out Fungi Academy. Put in the promo code Mikeadelic for 25% off the one-stop shop for all of your fungi mycology information. And uh, learn how to grow, learn about psychedelic journey work. They are the best. FungiAcademy.com, promo code Mikeadelic for 25% off. Check out Sheath Underwear. Get 20% off the most comfortable pair of underwear ever on the planet, in other planets, in the whole multiverse and check out ohana kava bar the time uh, the promo code is time wheel for 10 percent off that's time wheel for 10 percent off amazing kava and then also check out mushroom revival big shout out to student loan tutor and danny barnett and galaxia for the music become a patron consider becoming a patron go to patreon.com slash mike brank join our community and check out our retreat that we're hosting at the end of the summer permission give yourself permission join us there and dm me for more info or email me for more info and there's going to be a special mycadelic discount for mycadelic listeners for that retreat and leave a five-star review do everything that you do whatever you do much love to you all till next time peace